question is, do you know my king? Amen. That's the real question for you this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Mark chapter 14. We're going to begin reading in verse 53 and re read the remainder of the chapter here. I think it's important that we read this amount, but Mark chapter 14, begin reading in verse 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and then warmed himself at the fire. <clears throat> and the chief priest and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that, it may, that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did the, their witness agree together. The high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it that which these uh, witnesses, uh, these witness against thee? But he, held, but he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any, any, any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with their palms of their hands. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, Thou also wast with Christ, uh, or with Jesus of Nazareth. And he denied, saying, I know neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And a maid saw him again, and began to say to them, and stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after they that stood by again, uh, said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean. And thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word of Je that Jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And, he, and when he had thought thereon, he wept. Look with me back at verse 54, please. And Peter followed him afar off even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Whose Fire Are You Warming At? Let's pray. We come to you, Lord, and ask that you meet with us. Lord, I ask that you would just take control of every word that's said now. May you be glorified. May you be magnified in the preaching of thy word. We thank you for the songs that lift you up. Now stir every heart here this morning, Lord. No doubt in a crowd this size that there's those who, if they died today, they don't know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that today would be that day of salvation, that they would come to you. 
Lord, during the invitation time, that we could take a Bible and show them how to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior so that they can know that they have eternal life. Now, Lord, bless the preaching of thy word. Strengthen your people, Lord. May you receive honor and glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Not long after Peter had told Jesus that though everyone else would forsake him, that he wouldn't. If you backed up in Mark 14 there in verse 28, it says, But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will, I, uh, will not I. He said, I'm not going to be offended. He said, I'm not going to turn my back on you. He began, and, and Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you that this day, that even in, in this night before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter comes back again, and he spake more vehemently. Otherwise, man, he really put his foot in it this time. He really got, he said, I, I want you to understand something. I want you to realize this. If, if, if I should deny, uh, if I should deny with, uh, if I should die, I'll get it right here in a minute. If I should die with thee, he said, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise, they said, said they all. What you find is that Peter, is, as he's coming, as the Lord's talking about his death, how he was going to die. Peter said, listen, I'll go to death. I'll die with you. I'm not going to deny you. These others might deny you, but I want you to understand something. I'm with you through it all. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what people say. Doesn't matter what, what's going to take place. I want you to know I'll not deny you. And yet we find that Peter did deny him as well as the others. And Mark 14 says, they all, Mark 14, 50 says, they all forsook him and fled. Well, it didn't, it didn't take long for him to hit the trail. When they come and took Jesus by force there, they, the rest of them took off. But we find Peter again here, and he's following afar off, the Bible says. And he slips into the palace and, and where they had taken Jesus. He's, he's, he's followed him, but he didn't stay right close to him. You find him in the palace now. In that palace, there was more than one floor, and he was on the lower floor, where, uh, the outer court, you might say, of that palace when we find him there, we find him warming at the enemy's fire. Look with me in verse 54 again. And Peter followed him afar off even into the place of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and, the, and warmed himself at the fire. He was warming himself. Not only, uh, not only did he deny Christ, but now you find him there. Yes, he's there, but he, he came afar off. But now he's sitting there at the fire with all these others that were against Jesus Christ, the servants of different ones, uh, of the high priests that wanted to put Jesus to death. And now he's sitting shoulder to shoulder with them. It evidently was a cool night and warming himself at the fire. Many Christians today are trying to mix their lives in with the world. They're trying to do it so that they won't stand out. Peter was trying to mix in and be like everyone else so that he didn't stand out. He wanted just to fit in. He didn't want anybody to realize who he was. He didn't want anybody to realize that he was connected to Jesus Christ. What is sad today in the day and time which we live, you find so many Christians doing the same thing. We're trying to fit in. We're trying to be like a, a, a jigsaw puzzle and be that, that and just fit in real good and tight and snug. So that nobody knows that we're a Christian. So that nobody knows that we stand for Christ. And we're trying to fit in in this day and time. 
We sit down with the world at their fire. And when I say their fire, I'm talking about their way of life. We begin to act like them. We begin to talk like them and try to warm ourselves and mix in with them. But notice the extent that Peter goes to in order to mix in and not reveal his identity. Look at verse 66. And Peter was beneath in the palace. There cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But look at the next verse. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. He said, listen, he said, I know what you're talking about. You said that I know him, that I'm one of his disciples. I don't know what you're talking about. Go on again. Verse 69 says, And the maid said, saw him again and began to say uh, to them that stood by, This is one of them. Verse 70 says, And he denied it again. And a little after they stood by and again to, uh, said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. Not only did he, did he deny Jesus, but he was trying to make it seem even more convincing by changing his speech, changing his words that he would normally be using, and he began to curse. He began to cuss. He began to use slang and say, I don't know, and he used explicit words that they knew that Jesus wouldn't use, trying to cover up that he knew Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, that is horrible. How could he do that? Sad to say, but many Christians today are doing the same thing. Yeah. Doing the same thing. You go to work. Guys over here have, you know they're lost. And you, you're, you're trying to mix in with them a little bit and everything. And they begin to tell the jokes, the dirty jokes. And in your mind, in your heart, say, man, I, I shouldn't be. Oh, man. But you laugh at them. Instead of taking a stand. Instead of doing what you ought to do. And stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. You go along with it. You mix in. You're warming at the world's fire. Several years ago there was a man come in. When I was, this many, many years ago. Because I, was, I had an electronics repair business. And a man come in. I knew him real well. And, and uh, he was from a local car dealership there. And he came in to do, check on stuff. And he said, hey I got a joke for you. And he was one of these guys that always had a joke. And he said, let me tell you a joke. And he began to tell a joke. And when he got down to the end of it, it was, a, it was dirty. And he laughed, and I just looked at him. And he said, oh. I said, well, I don't, I don't I'll go along with those types of jokes. And he did his business and left. A few days later, he came back. He said, hey, he said, I got a joke for you. It's clean. <laughs> you see, if we just take a stand instead of mixing in. What's well, sad today, and I, and, I, and I worked with a man one time that, that he'd worked with 
a lot of, uh, of people and stuff and, and, and uh, uh, drove a truck at part times and stuff like that and, and just kind of, you know, around that. But he was a Christian and, and we talk about the Lord and we talk about different things. And, and one day there was something happened with a, a customer that came in and stuff and, and they, it got a pretty heated conversation. And man, he began to use some language that I had never heard him use before. And after it was over, he came back to me and said, well, he said, I, I know I use that language, but I just want you to know, he said, sometimes you got to use that language to get them to understand. No, my friend, you don't. You just need to stand for right and let God settle it. I, when I was in business one time, somebody called me and they, they was upset about something that I'd worked on and they began, I mean, they, just right off the bat, they began to cuss me. I said, hold up, hope, 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 hope. I said, I'm not your dog. You don't talk to me like you're, I'm your dog. What do you mean? I said, if you, start, if you keep on talking that way, I'm going to hang up on you. And they, he blurted out some more, and I just hung up on him. He called back, and, I mean, just turned right around and called back, and, and he said, where are you? And he started in. I said, hope. Oh. I said, you, you keep on. I said, I'm going to hang up on you. And he settled down. He said, well, this and that and everything. I said, I said, well, you moved it from here to your house. I said, I'll tell you what, if you go to the back of it, it was a TV. That's when they had the, the composite backs that went on them. And there was a plug in, that plugs into, in through that back. And I said, probably in lifting, you've probably pulled against that plug and you've unplugged the, it too from the set. Even though you got plugged into the electric outlet, it's not going to work. Nah, it's not. I said, would you check it for me, please, while I'm on the phone? He come back phone, he said... Thanks, that did it. <laughs> you see, as a Christian, we don't have to be like the world. There's no need to mix and, and sit at the world's fire. Live like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, be like the world, and, and go through all that. Well, you just don't understand. No, no, you don't understand how great a mighty God that we have, and we don't have to be like the world. In fact, the Lord doesn't want us to be like the world. And so we, we find here that because people are watching your life say, well, you got to do this, you know, and everything. No, wait a minute. It may come a time that they're looking at your life and they know that you, that you profess to be saved, that you go to church and, and everything. And you may miss the opportunity to lead them to Christ because they look at your life and listen to your language and listen to and see how you do business and everything. And they may say, hey, if that's Christianity, I don't want nothing to do with it. So we don't want to warm at the enemy's fire. He denied Christ, but he used those words. When you take that step to warm at the enemy's fire, you'll try to mix in and be like them. Before long, you're talking like them. You're acting like them. You're denying the Lord with your life. Even though you may not say, I, I, I don't know Jesus Christ. Even though you may not say, I, no, I'm not a Christian. Even though you may not say those things and use that wording, your life tells a story about, your, about you. I mean, that's where the proof is. You know, a lot of times uh, uh, we don't realize that how important the life that we live is to the people around us that we meet. And so we find that Peter is denying him. Well, you say, you don't, I don't know. You may not say you don't know him. But my friend, how's your, what's your life saying? But it all began before Peter denied. See, so what do you mean? Look with me again there in, in Mark 14. It, it, it began with the way that he followed Jesus 
to the palace. Verse 54 says, And Peter followed him afar off. Afar off. He didn't stay close to him. When they was taking him, and uh, 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 come here, Justin, and, 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 and uh, uh, come here, come here, Levi. Yeah, you're, since he's your brother, we'll let, let we'll act like uh, you're the the Roman soldier, and 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 that's Jesus, and take him by the arm there, and instead of go that way, <clears throat> don't mess up my illustration. All right. <clears throat> Instead of getting right up there with him and staying, he followed afar off. He didn't want to get too close because he might be recognized. He followed afar off. That was his first mistake. Thank you, fellas. Following afar off. Listen to me now. Listen to me. How close are you walking with Jesus Christ? How close are you with Jesus Christ this very moment? What's your life as a Christian? How close are you? How close are you walking with him? How close are you in, in fellowship with him? How, what, what's, your, what's your Christian life like? What, what's your day consist of? Does it consist of, first of all, of the Lord Jesus Christ and living for him? Peter followed afar off. Christian, whenever you distance yourself from the Lord and his word in any way, you run the risk of warming at the enemy's fire, of being like the enemy, of being like the lost world. It may be your prayer time is slacking. Well, I just don't have time, preacher. I, I, you know, uh, Bible says pray without ceasing. There should be uh, uh, such a close fellowship and following close enough day by day that even of a morning after you've prayed that all through the day that there's those times, there'll be times I'll be driving down the highway or, or whatever doing this or doing that and I'm talking with the Lord and, and, and different things happen. Something happens, oh Lord, would you be with that person? And, and sometimes seeing the ambulance go by, Lord, I don't know who's on there. You, I, give them safety, Lord. Would you touch their, their lives? Would you touch their bodies? Would you, would you help them, Lord, whatever it is? May Jesus Christ get the honor and glory out of it. And many Many times through the day, we should walk with the Lord in prayer, that closeness in prayer. But sometimes the only time we're praying is when we get in trouble, when there's problems. Oh, we may say a little quick prayer over, over what we eat. I like the little, the little thing that Heather put in the bulletin there. Did you look at the little cartoon there? You got a regular heartbeat in there like that. And then you got one that shows a person that's deceased. And then you got one just all scrambled. So that's when the preacher uh, is looking at you when you fell asleep. Amen? <laughs> the fact is, is that we need to be walking with the Lord close to him. It may be your Bible reading. Well, preacher, I, you know, I just don't get anything out of reading it. You know what? We should be reading God's word, putting it in our heart. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Why did Jesus face Satan when Satan came around with the word of God? How did, how did, how did he stand against the, the temptations of the devil? With the word of God. It may be your faithful, uh, faithfulness in being, uh, in, to being in church. And you say, well, preacher, I, I, he don't say nothing in there about going to church all the time and everything. That's kind of ridiculous. Well, because you wasn't reading your Bible, you, do, you missed Hebrews 10.25, which says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves uh, as the manner of such is, even more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching is the return of the Lord, and we're living in those last days, and the Lord's getting ready to come back. We need to be faithful in the house of God so that we can uh, get close to God, so that we can help get others in church, so that they might get saved and go into the presence of God one day. 
They say, well, yeah, but you know, yeah, but y'all kind of getting crazy with it. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I don't see that. It ain't spelled out in the Bible that way. You're right. Go to the book of Acts. It says, from house to house daily. From house to house daily. We could go ahead and do it that way. Build your house, have the sweet tea ready. We'll bring a about 30 or 40 people with us, day in, day out. And sometimes we put the world first in front of the Lord. It may be in your faithfulness to being, uh, uh, walking with the Lord and the fellowship with Him, and on goes the list there. You're setting yourself up, though. When you distance yourself from the Lord, when you distance that walk with God, yes, you're still saved, yes, you're still following the Lord, but you're following afar off. You're setting up yourself. The next step that we find Peter, the next time that you find him there, he's warming himself at a fire that's built by the enemy. You preach, you keep calling him enemy. Well, they, the Lord talks about that those who, who reject him are the enemies of God. And when we reject him, he says that we are at enmity with God, which means an enemy of God. And so what we find here is he, he, he followed afar off. The next step was he's warming at their fire. The next step that we find, he's trying to be like them, to fit in so that they don't find out. It's kind of like that fellow got saved and, and uh, the preacher talked to him on Sunday. He got saved and everything. And he said, man, you be sure and let everybody know you got, got saved and that you're on your way to heaven and everything. And, and next Sunday he rolled around and this man comes back and he said, well, how'd it go this week? He said, Great, great. He said, nobody found out that I got saved. The fact is, is that everybody ought to know. We ought to be faithful to follow him, to walk with him, to allow him to have control of our lives daily. The devil's waiting and looking for that opportunity to get into your life and, and, and to draw you away from the Lord. In fact, in 2 Peter 5, 8, it says, or 1 Peter 5, 8 says, uh, that uh, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Well, if you get off way over here, away from the Lord, you're out there where he can find you. He's out, you're out there. We used to, we used to take, uh, years ago, we'd take some people out and we'd go Skype hunting. Anybody ever go Skype hunting? <laughs> Anybody ever catch one? We'd take them out and say, now you sit here. We'd give them a, a tow sack. Be of a night. Say, now you stay right here. We're going to go over there and we're going to shake the bushes and we're going to get them to, we're going to run those Skypes over to you and they'll run right in that bag. You just stay right there. We got it set up. We go over there, we shake a few branches up, we go back to the house. Pretty soon here they'd come. Never did get any. No, oh, maybe we'll try it some other time. All right. You know what? That's what the world does to you. They set you up and try to mislead you and they walk away from you. But my friend, when you walk away from the Lord, when you distance yourself from the Lord, you're on your own. You're on your own. The tendency is to try to fit in then, and ultimately the end result is denying the Lord. We're living in the last days. We've been preaching on Wednesday nights about the things that are coming, the tribulation period, the rapture of the church, and 
and all that, the one world government and one world monetary system, everything, we're going through that and, and deal with that on Wednesday nights. And the fact is, the Lord's getting ready to come back. If you know anything at all about prophecy, Bible prophecy, and look at, at what's going on in the headlines of our nation right now and around the world, not just America, because when you look at Bible prophecy, you have to look at Israel, what's going on with Israel and what's taking place there. A lot of people don't realize that this Ukraine and Russian war is setting up sides where you have Russia that will come in. The Ezekiel 38-39 war will come in and they will bring a bunch of Muslim countries with them to fight against uh, Israel there on the mountains and God will destroy them. This is all setting up right now. Some of the, you say, well, how's it setting up? Some of the allegiance that, that Russia has made during this Ukraine war and got people to side with him that didn't like him before has been countries that will be in that Ezekiel 38-39 battle. He gave, I forget how many, what was it, uh, 50 million tons of wheat to Ethiopia and some of the others that are going to be in the Ezekiel 38 war. Why? He's building his allegiances. A lot of things are coming together awaiting the return of the Lord. If you're not saved, listen, you better be thinking about it because it's getting close. You think that 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 uh, that that uh, 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 fed or that 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 shutdown that they're talking about up in the government government shutdown is a big deal? No, that's nothing compared to what's coming. James chapter four and verse eight says, "Draw nigh to God, and He'll draw nigh to you." We need to get close to Him. The warming fires of this world and the devil are counterfeit fires. You see, in this, we've been teaching and preaching on Wednesday nights, we talked about the counterfeits that Satan has. For everything, pretty well everything that God has, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Satan has a counterfeit for it. Because he's a deceiver, he's a liar, he's a deceiver. And so he's trying to deceive people. Well, he also has a counterfeit fire to draw you up as close as he possibly can and, and, and get you to, to, uh, uh, to warm at his fire because he wants to deceive you and, and get you to warm by the fires that he sets up, giving you that warm, fuzzy feeling inside so that you don't follow the Lord, so that you deny Christ, and if you're lost, so that you won't get saved. Every one of us has seen these animated uh, fireplaces. Uh, you can... Around Christmas time, you'll see a lot of it. People will have their, their big TV on and everything, and they'll have that thing playing. It's a fireplace, and the fire's crackling, and it's, it's, a, it's lit up, and boy, and you're just sitting there. <sighs> and, and, but there's no warmth coming out of that. Satan is trying to deceive you. Sometimes as it gets a little later in the fall and it may be warm in the house and, and especially around Thanksgiving or something like that, it may be warm, but we, we've got an electric fireplace and it, it does all that stuff. And we, but we'll turn the heat off and just let the flame, make it look like the flames in that fireplace. And oh, it looks nice and cozy. Oh, I really like this. Mm. Sit back and sip your whatever pumpkin, whatever it is that they're putting out that week. But it doesn't give you any warmth. When you try to warm at Satan's fires, 
there's, real no, there's really no warmth. There's no warmth that comes from that. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit of the fire of God. It's a counterfeit of what God wants us to experience. Satan's warming fires are like those fireplaces I said that, that, you, that you can generate with a computer. We need the fires of God in our hearts again that will, will go with us and keep us near the Lord like the disciples experienced. On the road to Emmaus, as they was traveling down through there, and Jesus joined himself to them. And after he revealed himself to them, and he had preached to them all the way down that, 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 that direction. And we find in Luke chapter 24 and verse 32, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Boy, that's a fire that comes in your heart. You want Satan wants to do in the church today? He wants you to look at a, 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 an animated fire and get real cozy and fuzzy and everything. He don't want you to get on fire for God. He don't want you to get stirred up for God. He don't want you to praise God. He don't want you to testify for God. He don't want you to get excited about what God's done for you. He don't want you to raise a hand once in a while. He don't want you to say hallelujah, glory to God once in a while. He don't want you to say an amen. He just wants you to get warm and cozy and fuzzy. He don't want you to get interested in the things of God. Boy, we need a fire in people's souls again today. We need a fire in the church again today. A real one that comes from God, not from the world. That is an animated counterfeit of the real fire. Yes. My friend, listen. The Lord's getting ready to come back. Boy, I tell you what, if there's ever a time that we need to be on fire for the Lord, it's now. Our hearts need to be on fire for the Lord. We need to be telling people about Jesus Christ. We, Janine and I, the other day went out and went down. So today would get us something to eat and, and just spend a little time together. We've been a busy week and we, we've been trying to do that lately. Has a specific night that we go and we were sitting at a place eating and pretty soon a couple comes in. They sit down over there and, and they brought me... Uh, some barbecue rib tips. And he said, boy, that looks good. I said, it smells good too. We got talking. They was from Louisiana. They were up here for the RV, National RV Convention that they, they're holding there uh, uh, in, in Sedalia. And they traveled, they've traveled pretty well all 50 states themselves. And uh, he's retired, she's retired. And I asked him, said, what did you do for work? He, he kind of dropped his head and he looked a little, a little bit funny. And, and uh, he said, well, we used to work for the government. <laughs> I dropped my head. I said, I don't blame you. <laughs> we had fun. We talked. We visited. From Louisiana, we talked about crawdads. He had some in his RV. I could have brought you some maybe if it had come. Before we got ready to leave, we took a gospel track out. So I'd like to, I said, he asked me, then he asked me what I do. I said, well, I'm a pastor. I pastor Calvary Baptist Church in Marshall, about 25 miles up the road. And we got to visit a little bit. And so before we left, uh, I took one and I took a what then track. It's one of those what then tracks. And basically what it is is a guy's telling in there that, boy, he's going to make money. He's going to do this. He's going to then, he's going to retire. And then he's going to travel. He's going to do this and everything. And then one day they'll be at home and, and just take it easy. And, and then the guy says, what then? He said, well, I guess I'll die. And the man asked him again, he says, what then? What then? You know, that's a question for every one of us in here. If the Lord tarries and your health holds out, there's going to come a what then in your life anyways. Where are you going to spend eternity? 
I flipped it over and handed it to him. And the reason I did it, I did it this way. Hey, here's the address of the church and times and services and everything. Here you go. Like that. Because I knew he'd look at the rest of it later. We've got to get the Word of God out. doesn't matter if they're from Louisiana and I have no idea who they are in the world. They have a soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. There needs to be a fire in our souls again to live for the Lord and, and to magnify Him and get the gospel out to the lost and dying world. We need those fires of God in our hearts and lives. Oh, but Satan's busy. He's busy to try to get the lost not to receive Christ as Savior. Listen to me this morning. He's going to try to sell you on a counterfeit that, hey, you can get saved later. You don't know that you got it tomorrow. There's not a person in this room. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. We had the children's church up here to begin with. Downstairs there's another. There's a toddler church and there's a nursery. We don't have any idea what day the Lord's going to call us out of here. That's why we must know Jesus Christ as our Savior. He said, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. He said, listen, make sure that you know today. Don't put it off. Why? Because Satan wants to get you in front of that little fireplace and, and get you cozy and, and so that you keep putting it off and keep putting it off. And one day you'll die in that position and you'll split hell wide open without any hope, without any uh, ability to ever get out of a lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But my friend Boeth, praise the Lord. Jesus Christ loved us. Took your sins and my sins, was nailed to the cross and shed his blood and died in our place. What we deserve, Brother Eddie, he took upon him. And if we will ask him to forgive us and, uh, of our sins and come into our hearts and lives, he said, I'll, I'll save your soul. Oh, preacher, you don't know what I've done. Don't have to know what you've done. Uh, but you don't see how far away. Don't have to know how far you went. He loves you so much. He says, today I want to save your soul. But God commendeth his love towards them that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You go to Romans chapter 10, verse 13, says, For whosoever shall call upon him, the Lord, shall be saved. Not maybe, not hope so, maybe so. Shall be saved. But you back up to verse 10 there. And he says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. Here in a little while we're going to baptize. And what that baptism, baptism doesn't save you, but what baptism does is a testimony of what's in your heart in life and how that you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there came a wake-up call. I've got to move quickly. There came a wake-up call for Peter. Verse 72 says, In the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word of Jesus, and said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. Isn't it amazing that God can use a rooster to get you to realize where you are spiritually? God can use a lot of things. It may be sickness. It may be difficulties in your finances, difficulties in the home or in your life, whatever. But it's a call. It's a, it's a wake-up call trying to get your attention, whether it's for salvation to get saved or whether Christian to get back to him and draw near to him. Later on, we find Peter following near the Lord and, uh, with a hot heart and, and, and touching lives of many on the day of Pentecost. Peter and the other disciples went out and they, they preached the Word of God. They preached Jesus Christ, uh, how the people could get saved. And 3,000 got saved. 
You go on beyond that, and it talks about how many was added to the church daily. Thousands of people. Why? Because now he's not following the Lord Jesus afar off. Now he's repented. He went out and wept bitterly. He got his heart right. He got close to God again. He began to walk for Jesus Christ. He began to talk for Jesus Christ. He wasn't ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ anymore. He wanted people to know about his Lord. He wanted people to know about his Savior. He wanted people to know what he had put his faith and trust in. You find him following Getting closer. Could I ask you this morning? How's your heart? Is it on fire for the Lord and warming you and those around you, Christian? Or is your heart lukewarm and cold like the church of Laodicea? The church of Laodicea, the Lord said, I know thy works, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would if thou wert cold or hot. So then, uh, then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, he said, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Satan, Christian, wants you just to be lukewarm. Just comfortable. Just comfortable. Because if you're comfortable, you'll go to sleep. And he wants you to fall asleep. Oh, how we need the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, he loved you. He died on the cross for you. And I'm out of time. Got more I can say, but I'm out of time. I think we understand. Whose fire are you warming by in your life? Who are you living for? If you're just living for yourself and the things of this world, you're warming at the wrong fire. But Christian, if that fire is burned a little low in your heart and lives, it seems like you're not as excited about the Lord. You're not standing for the Lord, not living for the Lord like you used to. We used to have a fireplace and... And I fixed that so it had a heat later, and so we could do a lot of heating in the house with it. And, and we'd get up a bit more, and I'd go down there, and boy, it all burned down, and there'd be ashes there. And I'd take that poker, and I'd begin to, to rake the ashes away, and I'd find those coals that were down there, and I'd rake all those coals together and move the ashes out of the way. I'd put some, some paper and some kindling on top of that, and I'd get down my hands like this and begin to blow. Those old coals begin to glow brightly. For long, you had a little smoke. Next thing you know, you had some flame. Next thing you know, that kindling was on fire. And I could take wood and begin a small piece of wood and put it on there and get that built back up. In your heart today, the Holy Spirit's trying to blow into the coals of your heart to set it on fire. That you might live and walk for the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk close, not afar off. And boy, I'll tell you what, when that fire's burning in your heart, Man, I tell you what, you don't need the world's fire. You're not afraid to let people know you know Jesus Christ, your Savior. You're not afraid to live for the Lord. But listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, all you have is a counterfeit fire. And one day you will find a real fire. It's called hell and the lake of fire if you don't receive Christ, your Savior. You preach, you're trying to scare me? No, I'm trying to warn you. There's a major, major difference. Today, well, I'll take care of it later. You're warming up the enemy's fire. Well, one of these days, preacher, you're warming at the enemy's fire, and he knows if he can keep you there long enough, you'll fall into the real fire. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, please. Oh, this morning, 
Let the Lord have his way. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, I'll be standing down here in front. We're going to have everybody, everybody with their heads bowed, their eyes closed, no one looking around. And you come, let's take a Bible and show you how to be saved so that you can know beyond a shadow of doubt that you're going to heaven. And then Christian, maybe the, maybe the, maybe you're warming at the wrong fire. Maybe your heart's kind of cooled off. Why don't you come today and find a place at this altar and fan those coals and get it going again? Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercies and goodness to us. Bless now in the, this time of invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you